Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. We have best bets for week 14, week 14 NFL best bets episode. We've got the crew back together, 12 games, 11 on Sunday, one Monday night, of course. Brandon Anderson, Luke Swain, Vegas Refund, of course, is his other name, and Jill Gallant. Want to set you guys up quickly here. Six teams on the bye this week. Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders. We've talked so much about the year of the underdog, but a big week for favorites. 13-1-1 straight up. That freaking tie. 10-5 and five against the spread in week 13. Favorites of seven or more. We've got three of those spots this week in the Bills, Cowboys, and Chiefs. They're a road favorite at Denver. And unders continue to hit at a 56% clip. We had a tough week last week, gents. So we got to bounce back here. 62, 52, and three for the season. You can find our picks in the Action Network app on the account Action Network NFL Picks. You can also find the Sunday six pack there as well. Okay. As we uh as we get started here, as a reminder, these guys have not consulted one another. There might be overlap, there might be contradictions. That's what makes this fun. Brandon Anderson, start us off your first best bet. All right. Well, we will come back to this one again later in the week because I'm going to Monday night and I'm going to start us off Monday. Brandon, you called this on our podcast Sunday night. You knew I'd be going here. I'm grabbing Bill Belichick and the Patriots minus one and a half at Arizona at Cliff Kingsbury's Cardinals. Look, Belichick with extra time in a coin flip against Kingsbury done that's it that's the pick but i'll I'll flush it out a little bit more for you belichick after a loss 65 percent cover rate belichick against the nfc 60 percent cover rate in toss-up spread 65 percent and then when he has lost and then is a seven point favorite or anything less than that belichick is 41 11 and one against the spread 79 percent he had a little extra time to think about this one and I think that they're going to have the defense ready. They're number three defense DVO in the season. 
Cardinals are 29th offensively. This is a popcorn backwoods offense. They have no idea what they're doing. Like they're just making out plays as they go, throwing bubble screens and please save us Kyler on a third down. The defense for Arizona is down to 29th itself the last six weeks. So if you look at just the last six weeks, the Cardinals are 31st, second to last in the entire NFL overall. Patriots are a top 10 team. Cardinals play success rate is low offensively, so they're going to have a hard time putting together long drives. Patriots have a high pressure rate. They don't allow explosive plays. And look, we got to do the Kingsbury thing. You know all the Kingsbury numbers. We like him as an underdog usually. He's an underdog here, but those numbers are better on the road. And also, you've heard the stat from both me and Jill before. You want Kingsbury as an underdog against a coach that has not won the Super Bowl. Guess who won the Super Bowl? Bill Belichick, a couple times now. So, Kyler Murray only won one of his last 10 home games. Late season Cliff Kingsbury in full effect. 10 and 23 straight up from week eight forward. Again, Belichick, extra time, Kingsbury. You had me at hello. I don't have much to add because if you've listened to this podcast all year, Brandon has been consistent about Cliff Kingsbury. And Jill, I feel like you're often the one who goes to the Patriots on this podcast, but today it's Brandon um, that, you know, let's just go to your first one because this, this is going to take a little bit for me because I'm aware of what the picks are. You you guys don't know, but this, this one is just freaking gross. And I'm honestly, I'll be honest with you, Jill. I'm kind of disappointed in you, but give the pick. Go ahead. Yeah, it's Brandon. It's a bit off brand. I I will definitely say that for anybody who listens. Uh, I have trashed this team on a weekly basis and I figured, you know, if I can't beat them, I'm just going to join them. And, you know, I mean, after I wiped the puke from my mouth and I regained consciousness, I decided to lock in a bet at FanDuel and take the Broncos plus nine and a half versus the Chiefs. Uh, and again, part of it is just for me is I just feel like this is too many points in a divisional game, especially the one thing that I have to give credit to the Broncos for, even if I think their offense is anemic. Uh, is they do have a top-rated defense, and they haven't lost by more than this except for that one one-off weird game against the Panthers where Sam Darnold <laughs> ran for a touchdown and just didn't point to that. But there's just a lot of trends as well that point to the Broncos to cover. This is all in Evan Abrams' weekly uh, primetime or weekly uh, betting primer, rather, on the Action Network. But, for example, like Mahomes uh, above a seven-point favorite on the road. He's one in six against the spread in the last seven games in that uh, Broncos and Wilson, they're four or two ATS as underdogs this year. Uh, Wilson is a home dog is eight and three against the spread. I mean, when the spread is seven or more, Russell Wilson is five and zero oh against the spread. So I just think that the chiefs, even though uh, they seemingly are an unstoppable offense, I do think that they will have a little bit of difficulty moving the ball and actually facing a defense uh, that the Broncos can actually maybe move the ball on because it's not like the chiefs defense is really scaring anybody, but I will say if anybody is considering a crazy money line play on this, I'd just be careful because uh, this was also an Evans primer. I did not realize this. The Broncos haven't won on United States soil since September 25th. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Looking at the action app, the more of the bets are coming in on Kansas city. 68% of the bets on the chiefs minus nine and a half, 68% of the dollars, however, on Denver plus nine and a half. And these are the first two matchups between the two teams. Cause the league thought, Oh, this will be a good little matchup to save till December and January. That didn't work out so well. So first matchup of the season, Kansas city and Denver and Jill, 
who has bashed them all year is turning to the Denver Broncos. I can't believe it. Okay, let's go to Luke. Your first best bet for week 14. Right. So my first one is I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions minus one and a half hosting the Minnesota Vikings. And this one at the start of the week, I liked a lot. And I, I still like it, but there is a growing the mush factor is at an all-time high with the Lions right now, which the mush factor is basically like everyone is on the Lions. And I don't think the Lions have ever gotten this much support. Um, but the whole like Minnesota Vikings being frauds and a very lucky team um, is becoming more and more like widespread known across like betters where everyone's looking to fade the Vikings at this point, which the Jets not covering last week was probably one of the more excruciating non-covers I've had to go through. It was just a really bad beat. Um, And it's just another example of the Vikings luck boxing themselves into a win. Um, They're making, whether it's a a comeback and they're winning by like one score games, Uh, the Vikings and TCU are like basically the two, like they're the same teams and they both even wear purple. Um, They're just luck boxing themselves into wins and the Lions are the healthiest they've been this year. They are, they've been playing great. They have all the momentum. They're at home on turf, which is always key thing with golf. Uh, but it, it's really just a fate of this Vikings team and backing a Lions team that is a lot better than I think everyone thought they were after the tough start to the season and the strong or like playoffs are actually within their reach, kind of like the Raiders, um, where like they have hope, which all you need is hope. And I don't think a Lions team will ever give up on Dan Campbell um, ever, but I'll go with the Lions minus one and a half. Nine of their 10 wins are by one score. Eight points is one score because it's a touchdown of the two-point conversion. Their only win that wasn't was the opener against the Packers, 23-7. And they did beat this Lions team, 28-24. That was a good game way back when on September 25th, head-to-head. So Kirk Cousins, 3-9-1 against the spread and toss-up road games in his career. Um, that's not great compared to other quarterbacks in history. All right, that's the first round. Let's go to round two, second best bet, Brandon Anderson. Yeah, I'm going to stick with these division games. Uh, You guys each gave out a division pick. We got seven division battles this week. I'm going to go to the NFC East. I'm going to take the Eagles-Giants under 45 and a half. I think the Giants' lack of talent is finally starting to catch up with them. Brian Dable, amazing job with this team, has had them at heights that I don't think anyone really expected possible. But there's just not a ton of talent on the roster. You got to have the guys at some point. The offense especially is regressing as teams are starting to kind of counterattack what Dable was doing with the offense. The run game in particular has slowed down. I think the blocking on the line has really fallen off. And Philadelphia's defense, they look themselves again against the Titans. Jordan Davis was back. I think that's a big factor. And they started to look whole again. Giants, 45 and a half. They've been under that number in nine out of 12 games this year. In fact, the highest in their uh, Giants game is 49 the whole season. So it's a pretty good number target for them. Daniel Jones, home under his lifetime, 18 to 7 and 1, 72% right there. So I think we're going to see both teams are going to run the ball a lot here. If you if you notice last week when you're watching a red zone in that early window, like two and a half hours in, like half of the games are done because so many teams are running the ball. Like these games are zooming by. This is that sort of game, I think, where it's like, oh, geez, we're already, oh, there's only four minutes left in this game because we spend running the ball, Saquon Barkley and Hurts and just 
guys running all game. The Eagles are the slowest second half team as far as play calling. So they're going to bleed the clock out, probably holding a lead here. And then in my article, I just, I had a bunch of trends here. So I won't, I won't tell you all of them, but a couple of division trends from week 14 forward here. You'll get these late division games, home underdog, six points or more. Unders in division games are 37 to 20 and a three. So that's a 65% cover rate. Home underdogs this season, 68% to the under. And then the weather too, I think will be a factor here. We know it always is these December games in New York. Forecast this weekend is low 40s and rain. So I tried to isolate, okay, what's a weather game for these division games? So if you qualify that as six mile an hour wind or more, 47 degrees or below. So somewhere where the weather is impacting you, unders in division games, 89, 55, and four, 62% to the under. So I think we get a couple of ways to get the under here. Either the Giants hang and it's kind of a close back and forth, low scoring battle. We get the under, or you get the under the way the Eagles hit it last game. They blow them out. They dominate, put up a big number, but hold the Giants to low scoring anyway, still hit the under. So I like multiple paths to victory. I like the under 45 and a half. Number three defense, uh, number three DVOA in defense this year, the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm honestly surprised it's that for, I like, this feels like way more of like a 43 and a half type game um, where like, this just seems high. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, it it did. uh, It it, it hung tough early in the week. It dropped a little bit and now it's bounced back again, to 45, 45 and a half. So I think, Again, this number really can only go down if the weather starts to look nasty for the weekend, too. So if you do like this one, I would encourage you not to wait around. I think you want to grab it before it dips down again. This feels like, too, if this was a Monday night game, maybe you get the 43 and a half, you get the standalone spot. But the fact it's buried in that, as Brandon said, seven divisional games on Sunday, maybe it's just kind of flying under the radar in that regard. All right, let's go back to Jill. Second best bet. Yeah, I'm going to stick with that game, Brandon. And uh, I do think the Giants can keep it close. I'm going to take the Giants plus seven against the Eagles here, and I'm going to roll with them because just that's what they do. As underdogs, they've covered seven of eight games as a dog this year. And their red zone defense, it's one of the best in the NFL. That could also help from an under standpoint, lead to more field goals than touchdowns from the Eagles. And the Eagles, we've noticed, they're just a different, different team on the road. Like uh, only one game this season where you could say that I would say that like that they kicked ass and that was against Washington against that inept Carson Wentz offense. Um, and I mean, let's be real. Like I'm a Cowboys fan. This pick is partly just to kind of rile up some Eagles fans as well, but I do think the giants will keep this game close. Like I'm not going to predict like a, a G men win outright or anything like that, but it is worth noting. Like last year, they were four point home underdogs against this team, a little bit different players, but, um, and they won outright and kept the team down to seven points. Uh, I will say as well from a touchdown prop aspect, Boston Scott is going to be really popular this week. Uh, he scored uh, in every game that he's played in his career against the Giants. Uh, all six games, uh, 10 of his 16 touchdowns in his career have been scored against the Giants. And last week on FanDuel, his touchdown odds were plus 700. So I imagine they're probably going to be with that narrative baked in. It'll probably still be around the plus 500 range for him to score in this matchup against the Giants. But I still like the Giants to keep it close, taking them to cover the seven. Yeah, this is the this is the game of the year for the Giants, right? If they want to kind of tell folks, hey, we're for real. Folks have been doubting us here lately. We've been a bit of a skid. 
they're legit. They they hang around in this game, I would like to think. Or at least that's how Dayball is getting them ready for this matchup. And this is the first of two, kind of like we were talking about with Denver and KC. First of two meetings between these two teams down the stretch in the final month of the season. By the way, money is coming in on Giants plus seven and that under. So folks are uh, jumping on that according to the action app. Best bet number two, Luke. So my second one is going to be Browns plus six and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals, where Bengals are at peak value right now in terms of like market expectation. This opened at four and now it's all the way up to six and a half. We might even see a seven. Um, And the Browns are probably like, wow, like we're getting like we're buying low in the Browns, which they scored three touchdowns off of defense and special teams on Sunday. And that really doesn't matter to me. That's probably going to be the worst game we're going to see out of Deshaun Watson, like to date or, and moving forward where you had a quarterback that hadn't played for two years going against his old team that probably had the textbook out for him. um, You sure? That's this Bengals defense is his next test though. I mean, and yeah, I mean, the Bengals are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Uh, They impressed the hell out of me against the chiefs on Sunday. Um, and it's it just you're buying low on the Browns and historically Cleveland has dominated the Browns Stefanski and like the last loss that the Bengals had was against the Browns and that defensive line dominated them and the Bengals offensive line is getting better um, but this is just like at six and a half like this was the first one that like caught my eye on Monday morning Joe Burrow 0 and 4 against the Browns two and two against the spread, but that goes up against the Bengals who have been the hottest team against the spread over the last two seasons. They're 16 and three in their last 19. Joe Burrow as a starting quarterback and the team is 17 and three in their last 20. Okay. Fair enough. You like the value. She doesn't like this one. Oh my God. No, I mean, (laughs) Hey, 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 influence. Try to add my goal was to get a little more out of you. That's all I was no, going that's, for. I mean, that's exactly why we're doing this. Like your reaction is like, oh, Deshaun was awful. Like the Browns looked awful. Like, I didn't say that. that game was, all I said was the opponent they're playing next. Your face yeah. said it. Recency. Where, yeah. Where like the opponent they're playing, like we're real. We're, they are peak market expectation where it four to six and a half is a big move. And a divisional game against an opponent that has historically beat them with Burrow, Zach Taylor, Stefanski with Deshaun hasn't yet, but like that's the worst we're going to see out of him. Um, I'm a believer in football, Deshaun Watson. Um, I think like he brings another level to this team, and like, there's just no way he can play as bad as he did on Sunday. Okay. Again, I don't hate it. Just, it's just okay. <laughs> well, you said I mean, it could be the worst okay. he was going to play, and I'm like, well, they're playing the Bengals. That's a good defense. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I'll, I'll come around on it. By Sunday. I love it. All right. It's okay. You're right, though. This is why we do this, to understand the full story of the bet. Okay, let's go to the third round. Brandon Anderson, third best bet. Well, great news, guys. I'm going right back to that game, and I'm going to make you happy, Brandon, because I'm on the other side of this one. But Hold on, really quest? quick, too. By the way, I gave Jill crap. I, gave, I told Jill he was a coward for taking the Broncos, so let's <laughs> yeah, keep that in mind. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the Broncos. Jill deserves the crap he got for that okay. one. Everybody love everybody! Thank All right, back. so here's, here's how I'm seeing this Browns-Bengals thing. I agree. I think that the number moving up to six and a half, it caught my eye. I was like, oh, boy, that, that's a lot of points. If this was the Jacoby Brissett Browns, I'd love the spot for the Browns. I'd love just keep it straightforward, run the ball, keep things moving. 
Deshaun Watson, I think, has made the Browns also overvalued in the market. Even though this line moved, we're going to come back to the Browns on my look ahead as well. Spoiler alert to that. But I think Deshaun Watson, the market overall is overrating how much he's supposed to make this team better. Brissett's offense had been playing really well. Watson really can probably only at best keep them what they were before. And so far through one game against the terrible Texans, he made the offense way worse. They scored six offensive points against the Texans. No, he probably won't play that bad again. But if it's anything even close to that bad again, there's still a worse off offense. So here's where I'm at. I do want to avoid the Bengals minus six and a half. I think the line got too high. I think you're avoiding it the wrong direction. I'm going to play the Bengals second half minus three. So I do think the Browns, who have been a good first quarter team all year, maybe they come out a little better. Watson's got that one game out of the way. Get the Houston game out of here. Get some practice. They come out, get the early script touchdown. Browns have been a good first quarter team offense and defense all year. So if, if you take a Bengals six and a half ticket or any ticket like that, worst scenario is to get out and you're down early and instantly you're like, oh man, I got to make up like 10, 14 points now to cover. Well, here's the snare that I like. If the Browns are winning at halftime, now the Bengals have to go Joe Burrow, light it up, take it to this bad Cleveland secondary and come back. I like that for a second half bet. If the Bengals are winning, the Browns probably have to abandon the run game a little bit, clearly the strength of the offense and say, hey, rusty Deshaun Watson, who was negative a half EPA per play last week, go win the game for us against really good defense. Either way, I like that script for the Bengals in the second half. And I love the numbers here. The Bengals have covered 19 of the last 21 second half spreads, including the postseason. Luan Arumo, the defensive coordinator, makes incredible adjustments at the half. They barely give up anything in the second half. That is a 90% cover rate last 21 games. And since October 2019, the Browns in the second half are 19-37-1 against the spread. 34% cover rate for them. I have in our action labs, we can build all these trends. And I have one just in there to remind me every week. Bengals second half. Look for the opportunity if it's there. And I also have one called fade Brown second half into oblivion because always it's good to bet against this team in the second half. When those two lined up this week, and I like the way the script goes, for me, that's the way to avoid. I don't know who wins the six and a half spread. I'm going to avoid it. I feel good about the Bengals covering just the second half. So I'll do the minus three just there. And I don't think I've honestly ever made a pregame second half bet ever. Like, and I, don't, I don't even think about ever checking them. So like props to you where like, it does make sense because, like, the middling opportunities could be fantastic yeah. with this. And, I mean, even, like, hedging opportunities. Like, at three, like, we're more likely to see a three and a half at halftime than we would three. Um, so, Yeah, you always have to – when you do a second half bet, you've got to decide if you like the idea, do I play it now or do I wait and play live? And that's why I laid out the script here because – I, we don't know necessarily where the number goes, but if I like it, whether the Bengals are winning or if they're losing in either one of those scripts, if I still like it anyway, then let me grab the number now because like if the Browns are up at halftime, the Bengals are going to be catching more points at the half because the books are going to assume that they're going to make a push here. So especially at three and with the line rising, Luke, like you said, if this gets to seven on the game, 
this second half line might hit three and a half as well. So that key number matters just in a half as well. So I want the minus three second half. We're also talking to a guy who loves the Golden State Warriors in the third quarter. So mm-hmm. that's the start of the second half. <laughs> so this 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 lines up very nicely with Brandon Anderson in, in a different sport. We're crossing sports briefly, but it, it makes some sense. Let's go back to Jill, third best bet. All right, maybe another ugly bet depending on how you look at these teams. But uh, I'm going to take the Jets to cover the spread against the Bills. I mean, there's some tens out there, some nine and a halves. Uh, you could probably wait until just before kickoff. I think a little bit more public money will come in on the Bills uh, being at home this time, just the way the market is moving. But I think this line kind of represents what the Bills were like in the first half of the season, like when they were 10 and a half point favorites on the road in New York. Now, you know, you're sitting around nine and a half, around 10. And the defense for the Bills just really banged up. Like since that week eight loss to the Jets, like, I mean, I think there's a little bit of recency bias with how they played against the Patriots last week, but it's been awful. Like 480 yards, 33 points to the Vikings, you know, 396 yards and 23 points to the Browns. The Lions, you know, went up and down the field on them. I think it was just the Patriots, Offense and maybe just remedial offense is probably why they weren't able to exploit that defense. But, uh, you know, in five starts with Mike White, you know, since the start of last year, the Jets offense is around 26.8 points per game. Uh, Every divisional game this year, they've won or kept it within one score. Just a lot of bad luck recently. I mean, they had like seven red zone trips against the Vikings last week and came away with one touchdown. They lost on a punt return touchdown to the Patriots. Like, you know, they just, they should have won both of those games, in my opinion, just the way that they were playing and moving the ball. So I, this isn't more of a fade of the bills, just more of a believer of the jets. I think the jets can keep this game close. I think their defense is good enough. So give me the jets to cover the spread against the bills. Josh Allen's been good in December against the numbers seven and two since 2020, most profitable quarterback against the spread in the month of December. That's courtesy of Evan Abrams. But uh, Jill is going with Mike White to keep it going for the Jets. White Lotus. I thought this one was going to be higher too. Like, and this like kind of goes back to the Texans game that we were talking about last week, which you were pretty much we were very spot on. Like the whole they're begging people to tease the Browns down, and like honestly, (laughs) like you, you can't you can't predict the outlier events that happened in that game. Where like I totally thought this. Bills, the line was going to open at like 10 and a half, 11. We're at like nine and a half. They're like begging for people to like throw the, the bills into teasers right now. Yeah. And I, I actually, I make this line a, a closer to a touchdown. So I like the Jets here. The thing that catches my eye, we talked about Mike White, our, our man survivor, White Lotus fame, Mike White. <laughs> this is the game that Mike White has waited for that he didn't think he was going to get. Because don't forget, last year, Sorry. Mike White, fairy tale story, comes in, looks great, plays the Bills. Four interceptions and a fumble loss on a strip sack. If you're Mike White, that basically ended your career. Like when you have that game, he got benched after that, never took another snap the rest of the season, or at least didn't throw a pass. If you have that game, you think that was my shot. I finally got a shot in the big leagues. The Bills ended it. This is the team that he wanted to have a second chance against. This is the spot for him. So I like that from Mike White as well, who's clearly a two-name quarterback. He will always be Mike White forever. It makes you think, too, coming off that, we talk so much about the luck the Vikings have had. Say the Jets convert in their multiple chances and they win that game, right? I don't know if that was luck. That was just, like, just pure, like, insanity. Like, okay. run the ball. Like, just, like, the lost art of the QB sneak. Like, I don't know if it's unlucky that you're just not, like, you're going empty, on third down on the goal line, like sure. is that unlucky or is that just like 
bad decisions. Um, just, well, just sheer Minnesota Vikings dominance. That's what we're talking yeah. about. Right. The oh least fraudulent, God. most dominant, clear Super Bowl winning Minnesota Vikings. Who kept well, the seats. And, and to Jill's point, like he said, this is not so much a fate of the Bills. He believes in the Jets if they call the I right place. Yeah. Offensively call the right place. All right, Luke, take us home. Final, uh, final best bet. So my last one's going to be Jags plus four at the Titans. Um, and this, this is going to be like Jags coming off of a, a tough loss against the Lions. I have no idea how Trevor Lawrence didn't like break his leg, tear the ACL or whatever, because it looked nasty, but he's going to be playing. I mean, he came back into the game and he's going to be playing. Um, but this Titans injury report is looking really grim. Um, they lost David Long, their best linebacker against the Eagles on Sunday. And their only fully healthy corner at the current moment is Roger McCray. Um, we're at four. I can totally see this coming down when the injury report comes out um, on Friday. And it, it, it could be like really, really bad. Um, and just outside of that, I don't want to say the Titans are um, the Vikings. We're really slandering the Vikings on this show, but like they've had some wins that are very like paper tiger wins. And um, I just, you want to bet on Mike Rabel when he's an underdog and with them laying the points, I just, there aren't a lot of scenarios to me that I can see them creating any type of margin where the Jags aren't within striking distance. And like, I think they honestly are going to win outright, uh, but this is just going to be backing a Jags team coming off of a tough loss in Detroit against the Titans team that is trending downwards, in my opinion, outside of the injuries are trending downwards. And when you add these injuries that I think we're going to be seeing tomorrow, um, it's going to be looking pretty tough. Jags plus four. Um, I would take it now. I wouldn't wait. And then they fired the GM this week too. Oh, yeah, uh, I forgot about that. Like, you uh, know, like that's, <laughs> I know it's one game and I'm not, you know, we, like we talked about during the show, recency bias, you know, you come off blowout loss, you know, Tomlin, rah, rah, kinda, he's not quite Tomlin, but and like you said, they're a favorite Titans have rolled historically um, yeah. in their last 10, eight and two against the spread against the Jaguars. So um but yeah, doesn't this feel like, wow, I mean, Titans should bounce back. This should this is too short of a line. Trevor Lawrence almost, you know, lost his leg last week. But it, it was not. I I I'm very squeamish on injuries, having a couple myself that were pretty bad. And like I, I saw that and I like literally put my hand up and then he just gets off, which like and starts running the ball like, more in the second half. Like it was like nothing uh, even happened. It's like clearly know. it brings me back to Mac Jones crying off of that uh, ankle injury. And then just playing, being fine, where like Trevor Lawrence was like in agony, and you thought like his career was over, and then he comes back. Is this when you were the midfield quarterback? Let's go. Dude, you called the Super Bowl. I, I had to hit you up when I saw you were calling the Super Bowl um, for Massachusetts. It Long story short, I did the Massachusetts high school Super Bowls at Gillette Stadium, and Luke found out, and he sent me a picture of him at Gillette playing quarterback from midfield high. Yeah, we lost. But it's all good. <laughs> did you did you cover? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Before we get out of here, let's get some uh let's get a look ahead line from Brandon Anderson looking ahead to week. I can't believe I'm saying week 15. Holy crap. We're moving right along this year. Week 15, what jumps out to you on FanDuel? So I'm gonna go. We got our we got our Saturday slate starting up next weekend. Get your Christmas shopping done this Saturday because we're out of Saturdays after this. We got three football games next Saturday. Going Saturday afternoon, another division game. I'll take the Baltimore Ravens plus three in the Cleveland. We know Ravens Browns. Obviously, that's a big historic rivalry there. 
I think this line is really an overreaction to both quarterbacks here. So this team's played six weeks ago. The Ravens were minus six and a half. So the Ravens went from a touchdown favorite to a field goal dog, a a 10 point swing almost, I guess, because of the quarterbacks, obviously we're playing in Cleveland. So that's part of it. But I think it's an overreaction to Deshaun Watson, who we don't need to talk about again because he has been terrible. He's 10 and 15 and two as a favorite, 40% cover rate. He's only covered three of his last 11 home games as a favorite and lost five outright. So I don't think that we need to bump the Browns up for him, certainly until he proves that he's ready to go. And I think it's an overreaction the other way. Lamar Jackson probably out. So we're kind of pricing in Tyler Huntley here. I think Tyler Huntley is fine. I don't think it's a huge, huge drop off. Sean Kerner's quarterback rankings had this as a five point drop before the season, but Huntley is three and one against the spread. He's played a big role now in six games, either as the starter or featuring as the backup early on all six games have been within three points. So all six games hit into this range here and Harbaugh has shown that when he's got the backup quarterback, he can adjust the script and just play things really safe, really conservative. We saw last week against the Broncos, they were terrible, but they did just enough to get over the line literally with the Huntley touchdown at the end. So both these teams are going to run the ball. We know that's what can happen in this game. However, the difference is the defense here. The Browns are 31st against the run defensively for the season by DVOA. Since adding Roquan Smith to the Ravens, they are the number one run defense these last five games. So Baltimore can stop the Cleveland running attack. Cleveland can't stop the running attack. And we're probably going to get some weather in Cleveland. So running matters more than ever. So you got... Tyler Huntley, I don't really need his arm. I just need him to run. We know he's a good runner. Run the ball, maybe get J.K. Dobbins back by then. Heck, we're a week away. You might get Lamar Jackson back. And if that happens, this line might swing across the zero to all the way to the minus three of the other side even. So I like the Ravens. AFC North underdogs in division games, week 14 forward, 40-21-1 against the spread, 66% cover rate. This is the division you want to be playing those underdogs in. So... I want the key number. Give me the Ravens plus three. I think Dobbins is going to be back, which like for the Ravens, he actually matters. And you have to think of the ring on him back. He's healthy um, because it didn't go well first time. All right. Good deal. Gents, good stuff. That wraps up our week 14 best bets episode. Let's recap the picks and then we'll say goodbye. Brandon Anderson is fading Cliff Kingsbury again. He's on Patriots minus one and a half. Also likes Giants Eagles under 45 and a half points. He's on Bengals minus three, second half. Second half, Bengals minus three. That is available over at the FanDuel Sportsbook now. Second half line out there. Jill Gallant, Denver plus nine and a half is his first one. Let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Giants plus seven and Jets, White Lotus plus nine and a half. And finally, Luke Swain, he is on the Lions minus one and a half. He likes the Browns plus six and a half and Jacksonville Jaguars plus four. And our look ahead spot, Brandon is on the Ravens for next week. They are at Cleveland getting three points. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thanks to Brandon Anderson, Joe Gallant, Luke Swain, Brendan Glasheen. You all have a great rest of your week, weekend, and then good luck on Sunday and Monday. And we hope to see you guys uh, cash in and have a good week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. We'll catch you Monday morning for the recap episode.